Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio on a day when we're getting lots of rain here in Dallas. We hope that wherever you are, you're being blessed, and um, whatever the weather conditions are, you're nice and safe and secure, and that you're enjoying His presence. We are here. And we, uh, we ask that the Father would pour out His Spirit upon you. Isn't that a nice thing to have happen? I think so. Um, <clears throat> we, we are, uh, we're really walking some unusual pathways as saints, aren't we? We have been being led into phenomenal points of partnership with the Father. And um, I, I readily understand that we don't, tr I don't think we really recognize what we're, what, what the Father is leading us through. Um, you know, I was in, we, we were in prayer earlier and suddenly the Spirit brought to mind a number of scenarios that he, that he led us through. And I, I immediately was brought back to my thought process during those times. And um, the, the immediate thought of how are we going to get, how do we navigate this? How do we achieve and be preserved through these things. And then the Spirit just kind of took me off to the side and showed me some of the factors that were coming against us at that point and how uh, they really lined up with things that Jesus said. So I, I guess I don't want to go into great detail about them, but um, I think if if you really were cognizant of what you're actually doing uh, in conjunction with what the Father has laid out, uh, you'd you'd be surprised. I, and I guess what I'm saying is, when we go through things, I process how to get us through them, and I. You know, you say, ouch, and you're baffled that certain things are happening. But the predominant thing that I think is how are we going to get through this? And God brings us through. And whether, whether I would have to process that as a leader or not, I don't know. But I guess I could just sit back and say, well, you know, uh, don't, don't worry about it. We're just going to make it. But then other factors from the scripture identify what we're doing and the cost that the pathway the, the, the cost that is being paid through the pathway is unveiled in an entirely different dimension of what God says people of righteousness would face and I guess at the time I don't really look at those I, I, don't, I don't look at that I just look at how how we need to accomplish our task and how we're going to get through. So I go back to the point is I, I think that where you're walking right now is a is a place that the fathers ordained for this time frame and it lines up with dimensions of the scripture that entail this as being a price. But I don't I don't think we really look at from, at from that perspective. We're just looking at what we're having to deal with now, where God's looking at the overall thing, just cheering for you that you don't give up. Does that make sense or not? Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I, going through this pathway and accomplishing his will and walking this walk and 
but for me, it is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment in a lot of ways. I do look to the future. I do see what's out there. I do set my sight on the horizon. But, you know, the Kairos moments, the points in the pathway, I think over the course of time, we've had to learn how to not only accept them, but embrace them and overcome in them and learn in that, learn from them. Yeah. Because at each juncture, he's in that. He is in each step of our path. He is in the journey. He is the journey. And we don't despise that journey. We embrace that journey and we dis- we, we embrace everything in that path, knowing that it is leading us to the fulfillment of righteousness and his vision and I don't know I mean I'm I have learned if, if I look at the overall picture sometimes it is absolutely overwhelming mm-hmm. so I'm just <laughs> trying to be super intentional in the moment and you know Lord what are you teaching me today what 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 do these obstacles mean how do I overcome them how do I learn from them for, for, for the next obstacle that we face? It's, it's such a journey, and it's a beautiful journey. It's not easy, but it's, it's such a, I don't know, it's such a wonderful existence. So, yeah, I follow you, and I totally agree. Um, you're apostolic, and we are an apostolic ministry we can't take our eyes off of that horizon and off of the big picture of what we know our mission is but every moment is an opportunity with him and so consider it a treasure right mm-hmm. and just the experiences that we get to have in half, even the bad ones, even the hard ones, even the painful ones, even the challenging ones, because they lead us, they, they just, every one of them just leads us into a closer relationship with him. If we cleave, you yeah. know, it's, it's, if we don't leave, but if we cleave. And um, so and this is such an odd moment and such a, you know, how many times have we said, and I'm going to say this because, just because I love saying it, because I know how you feel about it. <laughs> I know what's going. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever. I know I've never been where I am today. You know what I mean? I've never. It's it's. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. It's. I can't even describe it yet, but. Um, I know. That it's leading to a depth that I so desperately desire. Yeah. Like I, I can see, I can feel at this the deep, deep well. It's like I feel like it's in me. I feel this deep, deep well that it almost frightens me how deep it is. Mm-hmm. But um, in the midst of that, there's such a humility. And I feel like that humility that is just demanding to go low and to be, to be, you know, low is a preparation for the power mm-hmm. that is coming. And so it's, it's, it's just very, it, it's almost uncomfortable to surrender to, but still fully surrendered because we're so, we, we so want, you know, the the length and the breadth and the depth and the height. I mean, I, so I I just marvel at the Lord and how good he is to us. Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it, because, you see, God has this set of requirements that are really indicative of our devotion and our willingness to adhere to him regardless of what's going on. And in God's checklist, um, 
he he includes certain things that test our devotion and our love to him and i think if we look carefully at what what it is that we face we'll see the vestiges of that checklist all around the things that we face it's not that he's making them happen it's that the circumstances themselves in the walk of faith uh, acknowledge that checklist in certain ways and um, it's like they are necessary virtues in righteousness um, I was thinking about you know that thing that I mentioned earlier this scenario that came that was just outrageous to try to stop what what we were doing in following the Lord no I'm not going to but the thing that the thing that I the thing that I remember about this was when I was praying suddenly I kind of became detached from the circumstance itself and there was a thought it wasn't a voice but it was a very strong thought that said look how much you were hated there and I thought you know that's true there was such hatred against what we were doing and it manifested in hatred from people and then that as soon as I thought of that I I remembered of the verse the verses that said and God saw that they were hated and God saw that she was hated and God saw and it's it's like that hatred that comes against the message and against the the, the bearer of the message if we endure that it's like God seeing it checks off the box. And it's like when Jesus said, hey, they hated me, they'll hate you. It's not that we're welcoming hatred, but it's almost like that um, that's our willingness to embrace the Lord regardless of how furious the enemy acts toward you is something that is of great price to God. And I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking of other things then when I walked up the steps. And I think that this is something that the Lord um, is giving us a perspective that it's, it's, it's not about the things you face. It's not about the oppositions. It's, it's about that checklist of devotion to God that you're willing that you have a willingness to endure all things for the sake of the gospel and there's something about that that dimension that just kind of invigorated me because um, seeing things through the way God sees them and that I'm using that term checklist over and over again, but that set of virtues that God requires as almost as pressures to the diamond of our faith. Those are the, those are the important things of God because they all validate our love for him. You know, we can say we love you, God, all the time. I heard hundreds of people say that here. Oh, I love you, Lord. Yeah, but doesn't he say over and over, Jesus, you love me if you do my commandments? Yeah. You love me if you fulfill my will. You yeah. love me if you are true to my word. And I'm paraphrasing. True to my word. Yeah. And so how do we, greater love has no man than he laid down his life for his brother. That's, I mean, that's true. There's so many different, that's a study all in itself. What does that mean? And, you know, I think for every person, we could go around the room. And, um, and, and ask people, define what that, define 
not necessarily about what you feel, even though that plays a part in it. I mean, God, that, that, that's a surrender, you know, submitted unto the Lord. But it's, how do you define love for him? I don't know. Well, I, I, I really think that, you know, that the heart of agape is the devotion to his purpose and what he wants. And to me, that that's the greatest of these. That's, that's the greatest dimension of, of love for God is not a feeling, even though feeling is generated in the deepest level. It's commitment to him and to what he wants because that's the essence of the bride of Christ. That's how, why God wants to, for want of a better term, marry us. It's our devotion to his will on this earth and in partnering with him. You know? Yeah, it's interesting because I know at the very beginning of the year, we're getting this scripture from Thessalonians about rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And that is like etched on my heart. I mean, that is certainly etched on my heart because I know that, that was a word from the Lord. But then it says, for this is the will of God for you. And it really shift, it didn't, it, it, it shifted my perspective in a way that I understand duty and I understand responsibility and I understand what my role is and I understand doing the bidding of the Lord and I, I am I, I mean with all that I am I try so hard to be faithful to that to the call to to I, we all do I mean I, I with everything within me but my love, I, I don't know, and you may judge me for this. My love is not necessarily determined in what I do. It's To me, it's more determined in my devotion to him. Yeah, which in I turn, agree with that. Yeah. And so what does he tell me that his will for me is? It's that I rejoice, which is the root we all know keeping the focus on grace of rejoice is grace so it's it's function it's 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 being in grace which we know what grace is going to do it's going to elevate us to do his bidding yeah it's praying without ceasing grace is the fuel of his purpose yeah and it's everything eulogia i'm thinking give thanks so you are declaring you are living his purpose that is his will for us so I try not to, I try not to, I try not to view it from what I do, but more of who I am, and through that my devotion to Him in that. Because if we base it on what we do, then it becomes about works, and it becomes about did I do enough? Did I do it sufficiently enough? Did I, you know, it's it's difficult to celebrate because you're constant. I'm my own worst critic, you know, and so. I, I just try to to keep that perspective, and it is it's who I am, who He created me to be, and me being faithful to that, mm-hmm. and my devotion to Him, and and I don't know. Yeah, well, even that greater love is no man than this that a man lay down. Remember, there's a theme, there's a tithemi in there. That you're. You're devoted to what God's put you on this earth to do, and you're sowing yourself into that. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Because a true heart of devotion and love to Him will do His bidding. Because you can't you can't probe the depths of His heart without feeling the burden of His heart. It's impossible. And and it's it's <laughs> I think this is where the enemy in so many ways plays a role because generally people are lazy and all of that has to be just submitted in our soul our lazy soul has to be submitted to our spirit yeah. because agape is a spiritual dimension of who he is and 
Well, for so many people, the devotion to purpose is subjective. Yeah. They say, oh, yeah, I want to do this. But you can't separate but, that from agape. But then, but then something of more worth to them comes, and their devotion to purpose goes out the window. They change it for another purpose. And it's an un, the, the will of God is an unchangeable purpose. And, and so many people don't know what that is. I'm so grateful that God has made our calling as saints crystal clear and um, our calling that we walk in this particular, in the saints network is, is crystal clear. And God shows that clarity over and over again. Every miracle of open doors only shines a, a fuller light on that purpose and but it's the weightiness that's the weightiness of his glory what's his glory it's saying father i'll do this thing for you i'll represent this thing that you've not done and the weightiness of that is the depth of our commitment to his, to that glory to that purpose and it's just becoming very clear you know the past few mornings i've had really strange dreams that i've not understood but i've woke awoke and awakened with just kind of a a depth deep down in my spirit deep down in my ma'a it's almost like a, a yearning to to pray and to be filled and I was this morning at like 4.30, I was feeling this. And it's a, I, I've learned to enjoy it um, because it's so weird. It's so uncomfortable in the natural. But when you learn to enjoy it, it's from the Lord. And I thought, this is what hunger is. You know, when we say we're hungry, it's usually our stomach. When, when that is active... And it's yearning when that is active and it's yearning for satiation. That's the hunger for righteousness, which differentiates you from thirst because thirst doesn't necessarily hit you down here. Thirst hits you in, more in your head and in your throat and you're parched and, you know, you want that water. And we say it's relationship, and it is true. But the hunger, the hunger is for the purpose. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I, I don't know that you can build a doctrine on it, but I think that a hunger is something that God is really working in us right now. A hunger for the depth of what he wants because we have to be filled there so that we can build up the body we can build up our strength you know we can build up the the elements necessary for growth and expansion of the body of christ and i feel like that's that's probably necessary you know we in so many ways are pregnant of for this new development or the travail that christ would be formed and there's a hunger that has to be. It's like when women have those wacky uh, culinary desires. You know, want ice cream and pickles or something like that. You've heard of that. I don't know if that ever happened to you. But it's just an old wives' tale. Is that a, did that happen to you? Did you ever crave some weird thing? Yeah. But you've heard of women who did. Yeah. And and it's, it's almost like... Um, whatever the father is needing for us to to receive in hunger in intercession so that the development of this unique child whatever it is and every child is different um there's a hunger for for that i don't know i'm really going way off here aren't i spiritual philosophy <laughs> i'm sorry it's 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 just pepping rain we got rain right here in river city is there anything you'd like to contribute to that or you want me to keep going oh you keep going okay
Yeah, I was studying the other day about Perret's variations and Perot's variations, and I noticed that Perret's, you know, the stand in the gap. If you look, if you, if you look at it, a variation of Perret's, almost spelled exactly the same way, is is the word they use for defecation and dung. So I said, you either stand in the gap or you stand in the crap, one or the other. Because it's very clear. It's yeah, right there. probably going to make that on a it, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the next seminar. Ruby, if you're listening. Um, and I thought, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. You're standing <laughs> in the gap here. And um, are you going to be faithful or are you going to... Or are you going to, are you going to count all things as dung? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of extrapolations of how that can be, but that is a legitimate linguistic pursuit that Peretz, if you just look at it in the Aramaic forms, that was used as a, as a point of poo-poo, you know? So, so I guess you look and you say, Father, I'm here to serve you. And no matter what comes, I'm going to stand. And we're going to turn this into a triumph. And we need to see things through God's eyes. And through the scripture, why is this happening? Well, we keep our eyes on the prize. We keep pressing forward in grace. And we consider that checklist. It's not, that's probably not a good word. Because if you have a checklist, that kind of takes romance out. But everybody really has it. They, even though some people are carnal and they write it. Well, if I'm going to be with somebody, they've got to be this and this and this and this. Well, that's not a Hallmark card. But yet inside, if you way back when if you're with somebody and all of a sudden you recognize this is exactly what I want that's a checklist whether we say it or not it's a checklist of experience it's a checklist of being fulfilled and there are certain parts of the Lord that are in the scripture everywhere that God looks for and he looks at and he doesn't just come right out and say it, but he, in a way he does. If you look at the things that you face for righteousness, you just step outside them and you say, man, look at that. And look at that. And then you recognize, wait a second, these scriptures say that God's noticing that. And that is of great price. It's not that God's causing those scenarios, but the presence of them reveal the greater dimension of what God really values. And if we're faithful in those things, he will... It's like the pressures that form diamonds. Maybe the, pression, the pressures of those scenarios reveal the diamond of 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 great price or the pearl the pearl is formed by that creature dealing with an irritation and it's the pearl of great price so every pearl is the product of overcoming an irritation those gates of pearl in heaven those that enter in have paid the price even though it's not of works boy I'm just rolling off the hill here aren't I I'll be quiet. What have you found there on that fancy electronic gizmo that has more power than the computers that sent the rocket to the moon in 69? No, I was just looking up a verse just based on something that we were talking about a while back. So I'm not necessarily sure it's relevant at this moment. Okay. But Okay, well. I mean, I can share. but it, No, it's up to you. Um, 
We've had a lot of influences over the years in our life since we've become saints. And every one of them is a factor that God has used to make you what you are now. So what verse was it that you found? What was it talking about? It's Isaiah 45. Well, you never have to apologize for bringing Isaiah up to me. It's super simple. It's just, it's like in the midst of all that we've been talking about. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's very clear that the Lord is taking us deeper and is refining us and is really preparing us for what this year holds and the future holds. And there's a lot of, you know, influences, as you've been talking about, that try to distract us, that try to just take us off course, try to kill us. I mean, there's just multitudes of things that I know that we're facing that we will continue to face, probably get more intense. But this passage says, look unto me and be ye saved, and all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else, and Elohim. Uh-huh. And I just think, you know, the simplicity of that is to look to him. It's Panah. But, you know, and, and be saved. And we know Yeshua or Yasser or however, however, whatever the derivative is. It does mean to be saved. It means to be delivered. It means prosperity. But it means to be open, wide, and free. And I think... I think sometimes when we when we're navigating through these waters through this you know these ter- these unfamiliar territories and I know I can speak for myself right now there does feel a narrowing and that's right I mean the gate the, the, it's narrowing of course but the enemy also brings that closing in that pressure right and you know the affliction and all of that and yet if we just keep our eyes on him and we move with him, you know, where we know what Panah is, then we will be in that, you know, we will be free in that wide open space. We will be saved. And then all the ends of the earth. I mean, to me, that's just pretty magnificent. But Mm -hmm. some people might ask, well, how do I look to him? (coughs) I mean, how, how do you do that? How do you discipline yourself to do that? And I know that's a challenge for people because their eyes go to and fro. I mean, there's so many things to look at and to be distracted by, but this is just so simple. It's just so simple. So I know that this is my focus, and um, I want to hone it for sure, mm-hmm. especially when I start looking at the circumstances of my life and things that are you know pulling on me and things that could draw me down things that could affect me emotionally um, I, I don't I don't want to be distracted by those things I want single vision <laughs> I want dove's eyes I want I, I want yeah so that was the verse it's a good verse course they might be questioned is there any other kind but that's a, that's a really great rhema for us thank you for that so how do you look to Jesus what the author and the finisher of my faith <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just saying okay listen I think that I think sometimes we need to just like get real and you know, revelation without application is worthless. So let's let's talk about the application okay. of this. And you know, sometimes I think we talk in these la- this language. We have our own language, right? You would agree. We have we have our own language. We have saints' language. And I think sometimes now I know who we're speaking to because I pretty much know our audience. 
unless you've never reached out to me to tell me you're listening, which is quite possible. But so I know the people that are listening understand our language. It's their language. But I think sometimes it's good for us to to bring it into a point of reality and say, how do you do this on the daily? You know, how how do you live this out? So that's what I'm asking. So your question again is, how do I look to Jesus? How do I look, Jesus? No, that's not what you. Okay, think. say. Okay, no, I know what no, you no, mean. No, no. Let's just say this. You've been talking about these influences, and without going into detail, you've been talking about these things that, you know, hatred and these things that you've been discerning and feeling in the realm, bringing back things historically that we have faced, and present things that we are facing and that we will face in the days ahead. So, in the midst of your daily. Um, deliberations with the Lord and the Spirit how do you do that well okay here's how here's how I view Jesus he is my Savior he gave himself for me and if I believe in him and accept him and ask him to cleanse me of my sins and to make me part of the family of God, he is faithful to do that. And I think most of the general church would say, oh yeah, that's that's right. This is deeper than that. Okay. So once I did that, Jesus presented me to the Father. And then Jesus said, I'm here at the right hand which is where faith begins, a prophetic statement. Mm -hmm. And like what I was talking about with Iteo, um, what he said in that middle part of John, you know, because I'm going, now you're going to meet with the Father and, and you're going to develop a relationship with him and you're going to know the glory that I knew from the foundation of the world, which included you at that time, whether you knew it or not. And so the way I view Jesus now is my elder brother. I'm supposed to be an heir and a joint heir with him. And so my relationship is with my heavenly father because of Jesus. But what I do for the father is in alignment with the Lord. So he's standing with me. He's here in this terio with us. But he said, you're not going to ask me anything. You're going to ask the Father, and the Father will do it. And when you ask the Father, I'll do it with you. So that's how I view Jesus, because it's all about, because he is God. Arguably, he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's one, and he is also the seven spirits. He is he is also um, the living word. So it's a, it's a strange thing to think of Jesus because he's in everything, but dimensionally for um, for how we function and how we grow, we have to view the various aspects of Jesus because we're to be Christ like we're to be like him. But, um, so, I don't know if that answers. No, that's, that's, that's an excellent, excellent answer. So, on the daily, <coughs> when, when, and maybe this never happens to you because you're high and holy, mm -hmm. but when you start getting bogged down with um, things that are narrowing, you, you know, you feel, <coughs> how do you redirect? I talk to the Father. Okay. And is it, does it come from, because I know for me, it's a heart thing. I know it's a, it's, it's a mind thing, but I mean, it's a heart, it's a, it's, it's like I engage my heart. It's like, whenever I start feeling that, it's like, and I engage my heart and I redirect myself. And that delivers me and gets my eye, my focus back. Yeah. So how is it for you? Well... You, you know, you've heard me say this, and I, I said it a lot of times early, early in our walk, and I didn't even realize I was saying it. I just 
tell the Father I love him. And it just comes from deep within me. Yeah, that's pretty much for me too. And, you know, it's strange. Okay, we were down in Brazil Mm -hmm. the last time. Mm -hmm. And we went to um, Casa Zion. Mm -hmm. And they were wanting the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into all the details of it because we lived it, but for us, I'm thinking you need the Father. But the Father is the Spirit, so how do we deal with this? So we took that step that I referenced on Sunday where it says if you iteo the Father, he'll give the Holy Spirit. And we did that. From our standpoint of the Father, we invited the Spirit of the Lord to come. And boy, did he. But it's because of the Father. And um, uh, so uh, for me, and I sense then the Lord. I, I sense Jesus because he's with us. He came to show us the Father. If we see him, we see the Father. Um, I'm just glad he didn't say it the other way. If you see the Father, you see me. It's not what he said. Because all the church, rightfully so, don't get me wrong, focuses on, on Jesus. And But we don't recognize the, the validity of the word that says, because of Jesus, we know the Father. And we're, we're, we're laborers together with him. For what? The Father. And so I, I even even when I'm feeling that <laughs> there's this little oh I shouldn't say this but I obviously will when I when I feel it deep in my belly when I feel that yearning I know it's I know it's the Father I know it's His Spirit that He put in me that's born again through Jesus that will one day be submitted back to where? To the Father, which is what Jesus did. Father, into your hands I commit this spirit. I know that's the Father. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking of the... Do do you watch Coco Melon with the little Liam? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's this song about potty training. And Coco Melon's with his little friend... And they say, when I get that feeling way down low, and it's, I go to the bathroom and go, go, go. <laughs> so, uh, it's awful. But you can tell that that's, that's my worship t- songs with Levi. So, but when I feel that, it's, it's the Father. And, and the Spirit is so wonderful. He's around me like, early this morning when I felt that that they're just flooding the room was just this not pressure but this weightiness mm-hmm. of the spirit and it's his presence it's his face it's his ways it's his seven spirits and you feel that and it's like that that envelops you as a lamp that shows you what is the Father doing right now? What is the deepest thing in His Spirit that He's yearning for? It's it's not an experience. It's a, it's it's a it's a, a partnership directing us toward what His will is. Anyway, I don't know. If you asked me that for a reason. No, I just was curious. I mean, sometimes we read these scriptures and they are, they're beautiful and they're powerful and we receive the seed, but sometimes I think we don't really know how to, to actually apply them. That's why. Yeah, you know, and even when we were trying to t- determine, and there really wasn't much of a discussion, what we would call this place, it was always going to be the Father's something. It was originally the Father's house, but we didn't want to do that because we would have conflicted too much with the Potter's house 
because T.D. Jakes had just moved in and he started his church and we bless that. I think I admire him for his ability to preach the word. Um, but it was going to be something about the father. And even then there were some people, there were some factions here that said, well, you know, I'm more devoted to Jesus. How do you separate them? I, I ne that baffled me. And I thought, what are you talking about? What are you what part of our journey so far have you not is it just being a contrarian that you want to separate yourself and have your own thing because if you're with Jesus I can tell you what he's going to do he's going to love you and he's going to lead you to the father so anyway yeah so the father you know, I was thinking of the, the, the names of God in the Old Testament. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to make a doctrine of this. But I think of Elohim and Yahweh, of, of the heart of God and wanting to then show us his plan. To me, that pretty much indicates the Father. Because, as we've said so many times, you go before the throne, you're there, and he's going to imprint you with a seed of faith and you're going to walk out some point of partnership with him and that's Yahweh but that that's really the father but then you think about other names like and again it, this is kind of like when we've done fivefolds well I didn't see a Bible pastor I thought the fivefold was this and you know we've grappled look there's just five of them there you know it's the mind of Christ it's just five of them um, but like El Shaddai, he's walking with us. He's supplying. He's our elder brother in a lot of ways. El Shaddai is really a picture of Jesus because he's with us. He's walking with us. He's protecting us. He's teaching us. But, um, you know, I was thinking of all the, the other names. El Yon, El El Yon. You know, all those and how they fit into even the seven spirits. I did a chart one time and I never gave it to anybody because it's subjective. The the names of God and the seven spirits. And it really was vibrant. Um but but if you break out the Trinity and you and you divide the the way God revealed himself in the Old Testament names if you lay them out with the Trinity, it works wonderfully too. There's some crossover because El Shaddai is going to teach you things. Well, then what about the Spirit? Well, the Spirit is guiding us. Spirit is a light ahead of us. And um, so, anyway. What a... What a Another episode of never expected we'd be talking about these things today. It's good stuff, though. Yeah. Yesterday uh, we were with Olivia and Elzavian after church, and we were they brought up this game. We were playing this game. I can't remember the name of the game, but there's all these little cards, and there's like three levels to it, and, and whoever's mastering the game will pull, pull a card out, and ask somebody a question and then basically you go around and everybody answers the question what is your name no no it was, it's <laughs> it's a super interesting game i mean it was it really gets you thinking about stuff but one of the questions was um what if you had a superpower what would it be and secondly just based on your identity and your character, what is your superpower? You know, what what do you feel like is like a superpower that you carry, which to me translate into the Lord in me, and what would be that superpower? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which there could be a multitude of different answers, and there was. But, so I'm going to ask you, if you had a superpower, what which one would you choose? And you can say fire, you can say... You no, can say, I know what it is. Okay, I know you've watched the Fantastic Four. I'd be invisible. That's what I said. 
Actually, I said that, and then I said, or I would have like a force field, like you know the force field. Yeah. But then doesn't she go in? Isn't she the same one that that goes invisible? Sue. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess she is invisible. She she's got the force field going on. Yeah. And you've got Reed, who's the stretch, and you've got Johnny, who's the flame. And is there another one? Oh, the hall, uh, the thing. The thing turns into a rock. Yeah. But then there's also Superman, who flies, who has the. Yeah. You know, and then strength. Yeah. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I always thought I'd, I'd like to be invisible. That's interesting, because that's exactly what I said. And and then, so what, as far as, what do you feel like would be, or is your superpower? Oh. Just walking this walk. Oh, you mean, it, yeah. oh. Well, you know, you if you didn't say, my love for God, then everybody would <laughs> say, oh, you didn't say that. No. Well, we should all have our love for God. So that's that's our lifeblood. That's not necessarily our superpower. If you don't have that, you're dead. Yeah, I would think the pursuit of the word it's good. to be guided into the word and to understand and be able to, through the spirit, interpret the deeper things that's good that that's the one i want most that's the one we rely on we have to have that because yeah. if you get a rhema verse and you can't understand what it is well then how are you going to lead anybody yeah. and how are you going to make sense of things in your own life plus i mean just following the life you know the, the pattern of jesus and if you i did this study not long ago just the things that happened in the, you know, in the midst of his teaching, the word, or releasing the word, true. you know, it's not just the power to heal was there. There was so many other instances where things happened when the word was being taught or spoken or yeah. preached. Yeah. Well, you went everywhere teaching and preaching. Yeah. And if you don't understand, how can you make disciples? You're basically teaching idiots. Right. So it would be an understanding of the word or a uh, comprehension. Yeah, that's beyond your beyond your own ability. <coughs> that's what I would cherish, and it you know if the, if if Jesus as Jesus is the living word, he's the author and the finisher. You're really talking about knowing him. Anyway, well, what did you? What would you say? <laughs> well, I was first, and in a silly kind of way, I said, after my superpower, after I said to become invisible, I said to have that capacity in the natural, in a way that I could slip away at the at the most at, at the moments that where I needed to just like get away. Not personally, but shut my mouth, um, just get out of circumstances, get out of situations. I don't know. But that was kind of a play on the superpower. But I said, I didn't say my love for God. I said love. So you can call me Cain. No, no, I'm not but saying Cain, that. I'm just saying that if The capacity to, to, to love, to me, breaks down everything. But... You know, other people said patience. I can't remember what the other answers were, but there was a lot of, di a lot of, there weren't very many people there, but, um, yeah. Mm. So, I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where you're asked this question and you just have to, like, come up with an answer. Yeah. Like, one of the questions was, what is one thing that you really, really despise that most people love? Oh, How'd you answer that? I said patchouli. <laughs> I can't stand the smell of patchouli, and most people love that. But the co most common answer was crowds. Like being in a crowd. Hmm. That's a weird question. Yeah. 
It's a very weird question. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for playing the Saints, uh, the Saints identity game. Um, we should we should get Fabian on creating a Saints game. Oh, he he'll be on that. Yeah, he could. Uh, what's your favorite Hebrew letter? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I'm looking over here at the clock, and we're almost out of time. We've got three and a half minutes left. Um. We appreciate all of you, and um, we're gearing up for the seminar in uh, a couple of months from now, less than two months from now. I say we're gearing up. I really haven't done anything other than start processing teachings, uh, but I haven't done anything about them yet other than to keep accumulating them. I guess I should get after that, shouldn't I? I should start scheduling some things. What do you think? We we have heard, I don't want to screw this up, but we have heard that there's uh, somebody coming from France who is a uh, child of one of the intercessors there. And Sylvie says that this person is on fire for God. So we're hoping that that actually manifests itself. That she brings her fire with her? Well, that she actually comes. So that would be exciting, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, so the multitudes of people that are in Brazil, because I had thought that they were coming in March, but then Rafa messaged me the other day and said something about September. Yeah, I got to verify that because, you know, there, there's so many crazy things that are happening now with that government down there where they're putting different um, uh, requirements on Americans coming into the country. And... Um, and I'm sure then our government is returning the backlash of requirements on people coming from there over Americans here. Americans going into Brazil? Yeah. You know, you you got to have a visa now. Did you get your visa? Oh, I've had my visa. I got it when Paul and I first went down there. It's good for another five years. But there's an e-visa that you have to do now. And, um, and then... There's some other thing that's a requirement that with that you have to show your bank records to verify that you're a person of substance. To, to get into Brazil? Yeah. Which I think it's all tit for tat for what our government oh my gosh. requires of people going. Well, think about the border. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, Yuwali was sending me things directly from our State Department telling Americans this is going to be required of you beginning in April. But right now, you have to have a, an e-visa. But that's the same thing for going into Europe. We have to get an e-visa to go into France now. But I I haven't done that yet. I think it's good for three months, so I'm waiting. It's good for three months? I think it's once you get it, it's good for three that's months. That's all? I think. We haven't done it yet. But all the all these different countries are trying to be poopy with the, with the Americans because we, on the one hand, we make stringent uh, requirements in denying people visas, but on the other hand, Uncle Joe is letting in tens of millions of people just walk over the border, which doesn't make any sense to me. So. I don't know who's coming in March. What we do know that we do know that all of the the places that we make available for people are full, but I don't know how many people are coming from Brazil. Got it. Got it. Hmm. I hear somebody talking downstairs. I don't know who it might be. Maybe it's an angel. 
Maybe it is. Maybe he's coming to give us some gold coins. Wouldn't that be wonderful? He's at the right hand, so. Love the Lord. Okay, everybody, thanks so much. This has been, as as usual, an, un, an unusual. This is the unusual usual for us. Uh, any any uh, fresh insights coming from the network? Okay, good. Well, we didn't want to close the broadcast before we got a dollop from there. God bless you all. We'll see you uh, Wednesday for Wednesday Night Live. And until then, keep, keep the faith. Keep the faith, brother. Keep the faith, sister. God bless you all. Goodbye.